Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outcome Studio podcast, where we talk about trends and best practices in sales, marketing, and tech with people out there getting it done. But this is an interesting episode. I've got a, another podcaster joining me today, Morgan D. Williams, who is leading the charge at the B2B Sales Tech podcast. So, Morgan, how are you doing today, man? Doing great. Excited to be here. Happy to uh, be chatting with you this morning. Yeah, man. And I think what we talked about is maybe just kind of going back and forth, guys. This episode is going to be pretty conversational, but Morgan and I are both pretty passionate about podcasting. We just do it kind of on the side. We both have full-time livelihoods that we are doing in our nine to five, but we both, I think, see the power of simply building a forum in a place to talk about your industry, whether you sell IT or let's say cybersecurity software, maybe you sell some other enterprise software for the sales and marketing org, maybe it's business intelligence, I don't know. But your sales cycles are longer and your deal size tends to be bigger. And given that, Morgan and I both believe that content is a phenomenal way for you to keep those folks interested, your prospects interested over the course of that time, whether it's six months, nine months, 18 months, potentially could be your deal cycle. You can't just keep sending cold emails and cold calling and not delivering value. And so uh, we're going to talk about both some technology to adhere to sort of Morgan's theme of like maybe how to get started with the podcast. Morgan can throw out some tools he's used. Um, I certainly will as well, but also just like kind of some philosophical stuff. So maybe Morgan, I'll kick it over to you what got me interested in this topic with you actually was an article you wrote in a past life with some chief information security officers. You needed to get them on the phone Mm -hmm. somehow and you used content as a way to do that. Let's start this conversation there because I think that's a really cool story. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of goes back to kind of what you said is like, you can't just keep sending cold emails to people. The way I think about it is this, everyone has heard or most people have heard in the marketing sales space that customers are doing more and more of their research before they come and contact you, right? Over half, right? Where is it now? Over 60 or 70, close to 70% or something like that. So 
if you want to be relevant to them, if you want to be in that research and consideration phase before they talk to you, you need to be present, right? You need to offer some sort of value. That That's really what it's about is offering some sort of value. I was working for a cybersecurity startup. I worked for a different cybersecurity company full-time before. So I had some knowledge going into it. And cybersecurity is funny in that it's got to be one of the most, or if not the hardest market to prospect in, the B2B market to prospect in, because there's just a relatively high number of sellers compared to buyers, right? There's more and more sellers entering the market, cybersecurity market every day, offering something new. And the number of buyers are stagnant, right? Security is a very small world. Even in IT, like I, some IT teams may be large or IT may be somewhat large. Security is very small. Actually, people with security skill set, people who are just strictly do security every day, it's pretty small. So it's just supply and demand. They're getting hit up so much. And of course, everyone wants to go to the C-level and contact them. And actually, it's funny. I was at a conference with a CISO, a very well-known school. I'll just say they're really known for being really great at basketball. And we were sitting down for the lunch and I asked him like what it was really like being in his shoes every day. I was like, we're just trying to keep up. We're getting, we're such visible targets. Their publics, their systems were public. So they had the challenge of staying open, but also being kind of closed off from attackers. Right. And they were just like, we're trying to teach the Dean about what it is we do every day. Cause they think we don't do everything. And it's just tough. They're just treading water. So your cold email is not getting open. It's falling on deaf ears. You need some, to do something. So kind of to go more into like the strategy I did, I feel like with cold email, it's best to always try to give rather than take. You're cold emailing someone, you want something from them. You want their time. You want their attention. You want something. People know that, right? So they go to send you to spam or they disregard it or whatever. So what I did was I thought, okay, this group of people that I want to speak with, or what do they want, right? What do they really want? So I went and found the CISO, CIOs that were most visible online. I looked for the ones that were, I could tell that they were trying to do some sort of thought leadership, right? They were out there. They were writing posts on Medium. They were sharing articles or posts on LinkedIn. They had been interviewed by local media before. They had been on podcasts before, Right especially podcasts, because if you work for a large company, they may ask you to do like a little media spot for local media, but no company is really going to ask you to do a podcast. Usually they're, they're just not that popular yet. Right. As far right. as medium and have as big of a broad audience. Anyway, so I went to them and I asked first off, okay, here are the ones that are most engaged in the market. Here are the ones that are, they want to improve their brand. This is something that they want right? Building their personal brand. So I had some experience with guest posting. If anyone's listening, doesn't know what guest posting is. You, you basically write a blog post on another website and say, they get the website gets content and you get distribution and visibility. It's kind of a win-win. So I went to a large security site and I said, Hey, I want to write a post called 10 CISOs. I forget the exact title of it, but top tips from 10 security people, right? Basically a roundup post. Everybody's seen them before. Went to them. I said, hey, here's my idea. And they said, yeah, sure. Just send us a draft and uh, we'll post it. I said, okay. So I could go, I went back to these people I was reaching out to and I said, hey, I'm writing an article for this website. 
Can I ask you three questions via email? I don't need any of your time. I just really appreciate your input and for this article. And the response was night and day. I mean, wow. it was, uh, we're talking about CIOs, CISOs, CTOs, well-known organizations. I was targeting schools and private companies as well, but, uh, or universities and private companies as well, but from notable institutions, we're emailing you back immediately. Sure. Absolutely. Would love to do it. That's the thing. Everyone reads the emails they get. Everyone reads them, right? But most don't respond to them. But if you give them something they want, they will respond to you. So I said that, did it, published it. And it's about sales now, especially in, in tough markets, about developing that relationship, starting that relationship, playing the long game. And I also want to throw out a nugget there for anyone listening who like, is like, well, yeah, that's a great strategy, but coordinating all of that was going to take a lot of time, which is true. It is. But here's something you can do to do it like pretty quickly. And it's pretty cool. You can have people asking you instead of going out and asking random people who may or may not respond. There's a website called Help a Reporter. It used to be called Help a Reporter Out. I think it's harrow.com, H-A-R-O. And uh, what this website is, basically a big press release distribution list. Basically, the people who subscribe to this list are looking for press or media coverage. They're looking for some sort of coverage, some publicity. So what you do is you send out your, I forget what it's called, but you send out your request, like, hey, I'm looking for these type of people to provide a quote, to be in a video, to be on a podcast, to write an article about, and they send it out to their huge distribution list. And pick when you need your responses by when you're writing your article, a few details. And within a day or so, you're getting tons of, of inflow from people, you know, depending on how you make your request, like notable people who are looking for you. Sometimes they're PR department or they're marketing people, but you'll get a, a huge influx of people that are want you to do a profile on them or want you to include them in what you're doing. So that's a good little hack for sure. Dang. Dude, it's, it's such a cool story to me because you were doing what you were told when you were originally prospecting to these CISOs. You were doing your cold call cadence. You were probably hitting them up on LinkedIn. You were sending your emails. I'm sure with the natural way you think you were trying mm -hmm. to provide value. Like, hey, CISO, like I really think this industry topic's important. I know you're busy. Like I think our technology could potentially help you. Would love to have a meeting to like find out more. But like you said, it's so saturated. So many people are doing that. And I actually didn't think about how just small the audience pool is. There just like aren't a lot of CISOs. Even if you take the global 2000, the fortune 1000, mm -hmm. that's only like a thousand CISOs, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe extrapolate it to mid market. You got 5,000 versus the armies of salespeople. So you've got to stand out. And it feels like I know when I started the podcast, I was so nervous to reach out to who I thought would be senior people or people who just may not engage back. I, I didn't want to be perceived as a nuisance, but I'm sure you took the skills you learned from doing that blog post exercise and similar concepts to like the podcast you're doing now, because whether it was those 10 CISOs, even if you didn't make a sale to each of those 10, you've got those relationships with those people. Absolutely. And that matters in the long tail. Let's say you had stayed at that company for five years. Those 10 CISOs go to other CISO events where there's only like 300 CISOs in a like Chicago right. that go to it. You know what I'm saying? So like Absolutely. if they like you, they'll intro you. I guess that was just a, a response to what you did. I think it's brilliant, man. And it probably set a foundation for your podcast. Like how did you parlay those two? 
do you feel like that was your beginnings of wanting to build community and just making relationships with people before the sale? I want to comment on that. Like what you mentioned, like it's not about making a sale immediately. If you need a sale tomorrow, don't try that strategy because it's not going to work. It's definitely about anyone who's understands marketing or sales at a base level will understand like that type of thing is valuable because you're getting into their ecosystem, right? You're entering it not as a door knocking salesperson or marketer, but you're entering it as, Hey, this person has provided value, right? So, and especially like what you mentioned with events, like in security events are huge, right? People want to meet you, know you, see you, events are, are very big in cybersecurity. So you're going out providing value. You know, you're seeing, you immediately have context go up to that person at an event and say, hey, you know, hey, oh yeah, we did the article. Hey, okay, yeah, this is my friend. He wrote an article about me. Oh yeah. Introduce you to his other friends and say, hey, or her friends and say, hey, yeah, I wrote an article. Okay, da, da, da. now you're building that, that kind of network. In regards to the, the podcast, I forget which one I did first, to be honest with you. I forget if I did the podcast first or I did that article thing first, but yeah. But the roots are the same, right? Understanding or like going on the idea that like the platform is important. Having some sort of context is important. Whether you are writing your articles on your own site or an other site, or you are creating content on a podcast that's your own, or you're being a guest on podcasts, whatever you're creating and building a sort of platform that you can use where people can engage with you without feeling like they're on a sales call. Right. Like that's the power of podcasts is like when I'm sleeping, someone's listening to my podcast and podcasting is so intimate because, you know, it's just a conversation that someone's listening to you in their earbuds and where they're doing stuff all day. Like they're building a relationship with you and feel like you get to know you when you're not even there. And especially with C-level type people, they listen to a lot of podcasts. They do a lot of audio because they're busy, yeah. but they like to yeah. learn. They like to learn, but they're busy. So audio is the perfect solution for that. I'm going to do my work and throw on a podcast and learn something. You brought up a really cool point earlier too, that sales folks or marketers, if you're thinking about starting, whether it is a guest blog and you just want to interview somebody in your space, that's the written form. Mm-hmm. You want to interview them over audio, like that's an audio form. You could interview them in person too. I mean, you could go to meetups and just like interview people you hang out with meetups, but you could also capture video. I think all those sort of ways find the people that are active first. Yeah. Like you can beat your head against the wall, like trying to hit up some CEO at some company who's via LinkedIn, who's not active on LinkedIn. Well, that's going to be a challenge, but that person may be active on Twitter. Morgan, my best friend that inspired me to start a podcast He's got over 100,000 downloads. He was fresh out of physical therapy school. And what he was doing was, I've got this physical therapy degree, but they only teach us the medical. They don't teach us the business side of physical therapy. And so he interviewed uh, PT leaders and he used Twitter as his channel. And Twitter for him was like amazing for getting these folks on the phone. He got job offers. He got referrals all through the podcast. So was that a slow burn? Yes, that was like a two-year thing for him. But like, guys, your career is so long. Think about your body of work you can be doing over the next five years. And the idea of starting something like that now and shameless plug for Morgan, you guys, he does this stuff on the weekends. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's nights and weekends. Look, nights and weekends. It's sat like Morgan, I'm going to out you dude. It's Saturday morning right now. And it just shows if you're interested in the industry, 
or people you're selling to, which I would argue you should, it makes sales so much easier when you're like naturally curious about it. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of some fun stuff to do on the night and weekend. Like we're, we're having a blast right now. And so guys, if you can make this fun too, there's, there's an absolute path and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, yeah. you mentioned a good thing about career. I feel strongly about the fact that this type of stuff is the future. If you're in sales, if you're in a profession, you know, creating content around what you do in your topic and your subject, it's going to help you stand out further down the line. It's going to help you differentiate yourself, right, from, from others if you're interviewing for a job, if you're, what are you doing? Like, this kind of goes to the fact too, where you said like some C-level people may not be trying to grow their personal brands. They may not want to be they may not want to do your interview because, you know, they just don't do that sort of thing. I guarantee you what, nine out of 10, 10 of them are listening. They're yep. watching and they're, they're looking on their phones. They're consuming the content, right? So when you go out and you do have a podcast conversation, do a video with people, those people who are more engaged, who could be considered their peers, you're getting on their radar. They're seeing you in their world, right? So it's, it's very important. Like, you never know who's listening. A couple months ago, I got invited to be on a very prominent podcast, sales podcast. If you type in sales in iTunes, his show's one and two. He has two different feeds, right? Yeah. He's like, hey, I've been listening to your show. I like what you're doing. I'm like, what? This guy's listening to my stuff? He gets like 80,000 downloads a month. Like, why is he listening to my thing? But, you know, you just never know. And that's the power of B2B. Oh, my God, the power of B2B. One every B2B salesperson knows like one account that could like change the game for them or mm-hmm. a couple accounts, people had a couple accounts that could completely flip things for them or just skyrocket things for them. Mm-hmm. B2B is so powerful. You know, the person and like, it doesn't take that many as it does if you're selling, you know, makeup or. Dude, right? you bring up a, such a good point too, because in, in B2B, a lot of times you're talking to multiple people in the organization you're trying to sell to. I mean, there might be 10, 50, 100,000 people that work at this company. Let's say your buyer is the sales team. Let's say you sell sales technology, for example. You're probably calling like directors and VPs of sales, but like you in theory could, whether it's you, maybe it's your director of marketing, a leader at your company, reach out to the CEO of that company and talk about, your philosophy of sales at this company. Mm-hmm. And so like in account base, the way we hit up and down and throughout the org chart uh, to be able to get visibility, like this is absolutely a path to for, I think, senior leaders at companies. We see a few folks doing it. And like you mentioned, man, it's early. I think there's still tons of room to go create, you know, in sales, like you have the sales tech, the B2B sales tech podcast. And I know we're kind of deviating from that a little bit, but it's like, how do I create my niche as Morgan? Your business could do that or you could do that as an individual. I mean, I can tell you, guys, I realize I'm in a bit of a different spot because I left my full-time job and now I'm consulting for myself, but one or two accounts changed my life. And it all comes in through the podcast. And now I, I don't really have to sell. It's, it's amazing because I built trust through the podcast, established relationships. When people reach out to me, they already know who I am and what I stand for, at least as a person. So they're like, okay, maybe Aaron's like totally bad at sales consulting or marketing consulting. At least, you know, I'd want to work with him and try to figure this out. And so you only need a couple accounts a lot of times in in B2B. 
And look, like you got to look at your sales goals and, and think about that for yourself. But when you reverse engineer what's actually, you know, your top hundred accounts, this is a straight up path into those hundred accounts, like yeah. just flat out. It just is. Here's a lazy way to do this, right? If you don't want to do this, you believe in it, but like it's a ton of work or just like maybe you're not into your job, like you're not into what you're selling, right? You're just at a place and you're like, I don't want to be known as the, I, I don't want to be known as a cybersecurity person. You know, I don't, I think it's boring. It's kind of boring. There's cool cool people in it. At the companies I've worked at, there's always been cool people, but like security to me is just kind of like, but whatever. Go to a company, work for a company that's doing this stuff. Yep. And you see other people doing some of this stuff. Yeah. Look at companies like Drift. Look at companies like Lead IQ. Those are both sales tech or marketing tech companies. And the other ones are out there. I'm just not as aware of them because I'm more conscious of what's going on in the sales space. But you know that you see these companies on LinkedIn, you see them on Facebook, you see, go to companies that are doing that, that are building that and just ride that wave, ride that brand equity. If you don't want to go and and do it for yourself, that's a way you can do it. Just hitch your wagon to that. I think too, and maybe Morgan, to wrap up today, we can talk about some of the different technologies or ways to do this. But you mentioned like text. I'm so much more comfortable writing. In fact, I don't think had I started my own consulting business, I would be comfortable on video doing podcasts. I'll do public speaking in intimate environments like to companies because I know people, I have that trust, but I'd be scared to death to go to like a meetup and do something like that. But I love writing. Writing is like my favorite. And what you see on LinkedIn, let's use LinkedIn or Medium as an example. Those are two great places to publish writing. Mm-hmm. Like you could tag a CISO and just be like X and we're using security as an example, guys, but plug your industry in here. Chief information security officer blank recently said this at a conference. Like, here's what I think and why I think this resonates with the industry. I'm no expert. What do you guys think? And like throw it out to your ecosphere. And if you're connecting with, with folks in your space, like you might get small engagement, you might get none, no engagement. You might go viral. You just don't know until you put some of this stuff out. And so like, it doesn't have to be video guys. I think it, it, you can take these concepts to your own little email newsletter. Maybe you turn some of your outreach cadence into like a newsletter series. It's like, you know, recently I talked to this CISO and said this, like make it, it's basic, but it's the idea of don't like prove value and build a platform, build, build some community. Yeah. That's something you can always use with your, like, let's say you're creating content. Oh yeah. Well, first off, I'll talk about what you first said about, you know, do what feels natural to you. I was debating and just kind of dragging my feet with starting a podcast for a while, for a couple months. Cause I was like, oh, I do video and I got to get this and that and that. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm just too, I'm just going to do audio. Screw it. I'm going to do audio. But then I was like, ah, oh, like I got to buy the thing. And there's a lot of you can spend a ton of money on podcasting. <laughs> Dude, you can. You can spend thousands and thousands of dollars or you can just get started. I started with just my cell phone. My first three episodes were just talking through my phone on Anchor or I did it so no, I did an Uber conference. I just recorded an Uber conference. Hey, meet me. Join the Uber conference at this time. I just talked to you. had my little intro on us. was like, hey, it's B2B sales sex podcast. Just talking like that. And then I, a little mic and these headphones and the audio quality was much better. You know, it could be more professional, sure, but it's good enough. I I went on Fiverr and found some people who are editing it for me and they do the the audio editing, they do the um, show notes 
and they do the podcast cover. So all I do is record and then shoot over the info to them and they return it back to me. So if you enjoy what you're doing, you get to spend like however much time a week, an hour, two hours, how many ever conversations you have talking about something you're interested in networking with someone in your space and you're, you're creating powerful content that's going to live pretty much forever. Right. Think about if you do something you're interested in, you're like, you're getting free consulting with someone. How much would you have to spend to get in front of someone or to have a conversation with someone? So you hit someone up. was like, Hey, you want to talk to me for an hour about this? They'd be like, no, get out. <laughs> why would I talk to you about it? Hey, can I interview you for my podcast? Sure. How do I do it? You know, it's that flip. One more thing that you said, I want to touch on that you said is, is I think is so powerful in your follow-up cadences. Let's say yeah. you're creating content that you're getting no activity, like none whatsoever, or you're just like, you know, you're putting it out there in a black hole and you're not sure if anyone's seen it. Um, this type of stuff is perfect for follow-up material. I was doing yes. contract sales work, working with a Legion company and I had the sales tech podcast. They're a Legion company. I was like, cool. People are following up when we're looking at, for information or looking for help with sales leads, right? Cold email, that sort of thing. So I would use my podcast episodes in my follow-up cadence. Hey, I know on the call, we talked about this. I made an episode about this. Boom. Shoot over the link. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And they're able to, okay, let me check this out later. Okay. Driving somewhere. I mean, should listen to that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let's see your episode. I liked it. Yeah. You know, it's type of stuff like that. That's the game right there. Mm -hmm. is having that read is being providing that how can i provide so much value hey this person really knows what they're talking about this person i can tell this is like what i need or like and a lot of people won't it may not work with a lot of people but once you make the podcast episode it's done and it's out there and now people can as many people so many people can listen to it and, and consume it and that's a piece for you it's an asset for you and guys i straight up mean it and i know probably feels similarly, maybe not identical, but you'll see different schools of thought with this too. You'll see some people who handle their podcast episodes almost very transactional. It's short, it's 15 minutes, it's straight to the point. Like they've got tons and tons of episodes and maybe they're not out there to like try to make friends and long-term relationships. It's, but that serves a purpose too. If that's your style, if you're like not a very chummy person and you're super direct, like, yo, you can make that work for you. Like make your episodes your style because what's going to happen is the personalities that you interact best with because that's your style will listen to your stuff. Like I know, dude, I'm so long-winded. I'd like think as I talk to mm. come to conclusions. I like to make friends. Like I like to ask about people's backgrounds and figure out you kind of like on the personal side, how it affects them as a professional, which some people don't like that's my style. And so what I would also say is don't be afraid to just do you and like, you can try to emulate somebody, but find a podcaster who you feel like, Oh, that particular podcaster, I could go to dinner with that person. And it'd be like tight. Like I, we would get along just to start like emulate what that person's doing. It's kind of, still being you, but also it gives you a bit of a template. So that's maybe one recommendation. Another one, and maybe we can throw out like our top three podcast and or sort of content creation technologies for like under 200 bucks. But yo, use your phone. It's yeah. so basic. Like if you're in B2B, use LinkedIn. Like Morgan typically doesn't do video. What I'm going to do, we're actually doing video on this one. I just like take little clips and then you've got video distribution, you've got some audio and then whether you transcribe the show notes or somebody else does, we could do a text post about this. And so 
You got three pieces of content there pretty much for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canva is a great tool if you're yeah. not a graphic designer. Are you familiar with that one, Morgan? Yep. Canva. Mm-hmm. It's, I am not a graphic designer, but do very minimalist design. I mean, some basic color blocking, like some basic topography, you know, some simple bold face. Don't make stuff too loud. And like, mm-hmm. hey, you've got your, your art. And then for some of the video editing guys, I use a, a program called Camtasia. It's about two, I think they charge 275 bucks for a lifetime <laughs> video editing license. And it's basically like making video with a PowerPoint editor. So check out Canva if you want to maybe edit up your first video. It's, it's super, super basic. But yeah, that's two or 300 bucks. Like this mic was $100. It's called a, a Blue Yeti. And you don't need something this fancy. And I use Zoom. I, Morgan, I think you use Zoom too. I use Uber Conference. Uber. But I'm planning on doing video podcasts, starting move to video podcasts. And I, I will use Zoom for sure. Absolutely. Cool. But um, yeah, what are your favorite like? Technologies under two, three, four hundred bucks. So this one, I don't know if it counts, but Fiverr, the website, Fiverr. I mean, anything that you want to do, you can find someone who offers this. And it's not like if anyone's familiar with the freelance site like Upwork, it's not like this big long project. Fiverr's like, hey, I'll give you, I'll edit 10 minutes of video for this amount of money. Or I do, I'll edit 30 minutes of podcast episode for X amount of dollars. It's kind of like a crowdsourced way to source graphic design and like creative marketing services kind of, right? Yeah. You just find a provider or you create a a posting just like, Hey, I want to do that. And they'll create it and send it back to you, which is great. Uber conference free. You have your own conference line person dials in, you dial in. I mean, you hit record and you just go and then it records the whole thing for you. I use screen flow for my editing. I just put a picture of episode cover and then the audio underneath and I, I put it on LinkedIn. I, so I I'm doing audio. So it's a lot simpler of an editing process, but I just use that and it's just, it's pretty simple, just cut and paste um, pretty intuitive. But, but those three, I have a pretty standard mic of audio Teka. I think it's ATR 2100 USB. It's I think about $50 on Amazon. There you go. It's pretty simple. These headphones are simple. Like you don't need a ton of stuff no. to get. St- Even YouTube, I've I've had a couple of clients wanting to do a podcast, but not commit to a podcast. So we call them audio blogs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's appropriate term. I just kind of how I think about it. It's like, and then you can take the audio, put a screen picture on top of it and splice together a little MP4 and just use YouTube as your hosting. I know you said you use Anchor. I use Libsyn for guys, basically what you need for like iTunes and Spotify to be able to grab your episode. You mm-hmm. need an RSS feed off of a, a podcast host and you upload the MP3 file. Well, Morgan uses Anchor. I think mm-hmm. he said, I use Libsyn, but guys, you can use YouTube. Like it doesn't have to be rocket science. Mm-hmm. I mean, LinkedIn nowadays, you can host up to 10 minute video. You could do the same thing. If you keep your podcast episodes below 10 minutes, just use LinkedIn for your host. I like Facebook, like you pick, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And I just, mine are 30 minutes long, but I cut mine at like nine minutes and 55 seconds, put it on LinkedIn and then just put the link to the episode in the comments. So like, Hey, if you want to keep listening to it, click the link and go, you know? So I love it, dude. Well, this was a fun chat and guys, I know listening, it might sound, if you've never 
attempted something like this, it might sound obtuse, but just forget all the technology piece. Just go back to the philosophy of if your cold outreach in B2B is not working, you hit somebody up, you get that connect and they're not ready to buy for six months. This is a way to just think about just building community and building trust in the meantime. So you have a reason to follow up. You have a reason to engage with folks. It's not directly salesy. And I promise you, if you get a CISO on the phone of like a leading insurance company in your region and you sell into insurance, let's say, your boss is going to be like, dude, how'd you do that? And you should be like, well, I know it's a little bit weird, but he picks up my phone calls. I text him now because that person was on my podcast. Like it works. Like I I wouldn't have been a believer before. I was reluctant to start something like this and I just... It, it works. It's human nature to take interest in each other. Mm-hmm. It just is. And this is a way to do it. And people are consuming content 24 seven, right? On the phone, on the computer, everywhere. So start cutting out your little plot of land and have something you can put your flag in and start building that. And have either have fun with it. If you're a fun person, make it serious and like get fulfillment out of it. If you're kind of more of a serious person, like make friends, be super direct, like talk money and dollars, talk relationships. Like I don't care. Like business is all of that. And you bring something special to the table. So just remember that and like stick true to yourself, man. People care. They just do. So, I mean, that's, that's all I got. Any parting words from you, man? This is fun. This is, this is good. This is good. This is fun. Um, I mean, I would say that especially in B2B, like, well, I'll say this, where we're at in 2019, I know like when someone goes on their phone, they're on LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever, you're scrolling through and you're seeing like, man, all these people are creating this great stuff. Like either I'm not doing enough, which is like how I feel a lot of times. Or like someone may say, I'm not doing anything. The amount of people who are lurking, watching, reading, and not commenting is so much larger than the amount of people who are posting content, especially on LinkedIn. Yes. That's why visibility is high right now compared to other platforms. So just starting and doing something puts you in a different category than everyone else who's not doing anything. And if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And maybe you're killing it on your cold outreach and like, you don't like, you might be exceptional at it and that's phenomenal too. You know? not, yeah, you may be great. Like it's not this type, this type of stuff is not for everyone. It takes a lot of, t- some people just want to go to work and go home and like do whatever they want to do. And they don't <laughs> want to think twice about career and stuff like that. That's what you want. That's fine. But if you're interested in doing this, if you, if you want to do it, but, but you're not quite sure, like I'm really close to doing it. Just start, get out the first three episodes of that podcast or like get out that first article and just like start with something interview style stuff is very simple or well, I'll say it's easier than other stuff because you're able to have a conversation with a person like that's creating the content. You don't have to think about a topic and okay, let me go and write and throw everything out. You're just having a simple conversation. So it's like, that's an easy way to get started. Hey, let's have like we're doing now. Let's have a conversation. And that's the content. And I promise you, if I'm ever in Chicago and I need someone to hang out with, I can hit up Morgan now yeah, because <laughs> like you can make friends all over the, the country, make business relationships all over the country, uh, all up and down the org chart. And like, yeah, just get started if you think it's a thing for you. But yeah, those are some great parting words, man. It's cool to see you doing, what are you at? 40 episodes. 
I'm at like 20, uh, 40, 25, 41. Yeah. 41 on Monday will be 41. So Dang. getting close to a year. Yeah. That's so cool. I interviewed a guy last month. He just hit his like episode 400. He actually started a creative agency where he coaches small businesses now on like starting podcasts, which mm. like he's super in the editing niche, technical weeds. That's, that's interesting, but yeah. there's lots of ways to do this guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Hey man, this was fun. And until next time, Guys, follow Morgan's podcast. Oh, let's talk about this. Where where can people find you online? Real quick. MorganDWilliams.com. Yeah. Absolutely. MorganDWilliams.com. D is in David. That's my website. Uh, my podcast is on there. But if you just type in uh, B2B sales tech podcast and iTunes, Google Play, any of the large podcasting platforms, I'll, I'll be on there. Cool. Cool, cool. And follow him on LinkedIn. Morgan's putting out some content there. So Absolutely. All right, guys. And until next time, everybody take care. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.